This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Forever. Dog. There's no one alive who will play with the girl next door. This week on the podcast... Wes Craven's Deadly Friend. Hello and welcome to another episode of Teen Creeps, the podcast where we talk about why I pulp fiction uh, from the 80s and 90s. Um, we are talking this week about Deadly Friend. I am joined by a very special co-host. This is a movie, you know, What's going to happen here? Who's about to speak? Um, comedian and actor m- from Minx on Stars. Oscar Montoya is here. How Hi. are you? I'm good, Kelly. How are you? We're oh, back. We're, we're back. back. We're, we're back. back. And also, really, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I just want to say you reading that that tagline. If I'm calling I'm calling bull on that. What That's a is bad that? tagline. That's Bad. like incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. Everyone wants to play with her. Literally the <laughs> The whole thing is that they the want to play with her. The premise is that they want to play with her. What are you talking about? What? The people who made that tagline have they've never seen the movie. They didn't see the movie. They were like, what's it about? Like a girl? Okay. She's scary? Okay. So, oh, the movie's called Deadly Friend. So like, oh yeah, clearly so nobody wants to play with that. She's a deadly friend. No one wants yeah. to play with a deadly friend. Oh my god. We're watching the spiritual predecessor to M. Thregan. <laughs> That's the yes. <laughs> that Honestly, you, she's Meg Tugan. She's Meg Tugan. <laughs> Meg Tugan. She is Meg Tugan. So I truly j- went into this not knowing anything except for that you you said the word basketball. That's right. Yes, because I referenced it. this movie in the Megan episode. That's right. Mm-hmm. I said basketball. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to cover it because I was like, I, I feel like watching this movie. I, I, I loved this movie. I did. I did not. So I didn't know anything about this movie except that you said basketball. That was it. So, like, what did you, what did you, I, I want to know what you thought that scene was going to be and I, what the realization was when you saw it. Okay. Because there's no way of computing that. Like, no. you can't. Prepare in, yourself for that scene. In no multiverse <laughs> did was there a version of me that was like, oh, I know what's gonna happen because I like <laughs> saw the basketball many times. I was on high alert every time the basketball was around. Right, there's I some, thought, yeah. And <laughs> they I thought showed maybe a couple her, of times. Okay, the mean lady. I thought that the mean lady. Okay, because also I didn't know what was gonna happen to Christy Swanson. So like, 
truly, I thought that BB was going to be there the whole time. <laughs> and so, like, I thought BB was going to do revenge and, like, pull her head off or some, the old lady's head off and, like, throw it into the basketball hoop or something. <laughs> Which, yes, that is Would've, that. That's a classic, totally normal classic scary movie trope like yes sure. that would be if i was directing this movie that's where i would have taken it <laughs> but i'm not a genius like Wes craven dude okay <laughs> literally how we started to the very first like so i so at first i thought because you were saying you're making a comparison to m3 again yeah so i was like okay like it's a like girl robot then when BB showed up, I was I screamed when BB got out of the minivan and was so big. I was like, oh, like I, I didn't know that 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 BB would be like so industrial and large. <laughs> BB's just thick, you know, BB's thick. BB um, is thick with two C's mm -hmm. and like very. um Hmm construction worker vibes like yeah. <laughs> it was like those cut those color schemes like gray the, and yellow that yellow is like a sick it's like sickening it's like make, sickening. And, and not in a good way it's like sick like ugh. like yeah you're just yeah. like uh, yeah construction worker it, it, he looks uh, bb looks like a hard hat you know what i mean yeah well and like okay this was the part that was confusing to, i mean there are many parts that were confusing this movie in a good way <laughs> but like i laughed so hard so like the very first shot that we see is like this guy's breaking into this minivan yes. and he's gonna like steal stuff. And then we see like a pixelated vision, like POV of a robot. And then the guy looks in and he goes, oh, you're kind of cute. So yeah. I was picturing like a little cute little robot. <laughs> and the, the way that they're talking to <laughs> BB later, like when he gets in the car with his mom and they're driving and they're moving to a new town and he's like, Oh, BB. And BB's like, rah, 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 rah. And then <laughs> the way BB speaks is <laughs> in like insane. BB. <laughs> but like the way we're doing, it, it's cutesier than the way BB no, actually it's sounds. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like, when did BB start smoking? It's yeah, like, it's <laughs> very, it's giving Gollum. Yes. I'm getting like Gollum that when part. he's like saying, like when he's like mad about the ring. <laughs> but he's like, I think they use the same soundbite actually. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, so he's like, but they're they're they're, they're, so they're talking to BB. Also, like props to the mom for I guess like respecting her son's hobbies because she's like, "Are you guys coming?" And I was like, "You guys!" And it's like, "Oh, him and the robot." <laughs> and then he's like, "That's right, <laughs> BB, come on, get out of the car." Opens the door. We see BB for the first time. BB is the size of a man. Like <laughs> BB is so big, bigger than a man. BB's so big. <laughs> It's a shock. It's a shock to the system. Because what's yes. so weird about this movie, this is one of the biggest mysteries to me, mm. is that in the poster, in the mm -hmm. trailer, in mm -hmm. any of the promotional stuff for Deadly Friend, you never, ever, ever see BB. The only thing you yeah. see is BB's arm, and that's it. When he really? like, chokes the guy who thought BB yeah. was cute. And I'm like, why were they embarrassed yeah this robot the construction of the robot like did they try to bury the lead with the robot it, it was so weird to me because like other than that you would have you would have never known that like deadly friend is actually this big ass yellow chunk of metal you know yeah and 
this feels like two different movies. Like the first half of the movie is like these three friends and their robot and they're hanging out and there are like darkness elements for sure. Like sure. Poor Christy Swanson. S- uh, Sam is that her name. Sam. Yes. Her poor home life. Oh my God. I was like, get her uh, out of there. Oh, and then. Okay. Also, sorry, I'm just going around a lot, but when Paul first meets Tom, the newspaper guy. Yes. I thought they were going to get together because That's the way same. there was so much chemistry between them. Same. And he was like, hey, like, do you want to like hang out at school? And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm in college because I'm like a doogie hauser of robots. And he's like, oh, okay. But then they still hang out. And I was like, oh, they my God, like, out. I wanted I think, them to be together. Like, the 80s was such a weird time because it was a repressed time. It was the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. There were some really homoerotic male friendships happening, especially in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like the the lead and his best friend. There was always that trope. He always had a male mm-hmm. best friend and they were always like close. A little mm-hmm. too close, question mark. Mm-hmm. You know, they probably experimented on each other um, when they were younger and mm-hmm. they were like, okay, that didn't work for me, but I'm, I still love you very, very deeply. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is an example of like queer longing, but like, you know, as soon as like the guy was interested in Christy, the best friend was like, okay, I should back off. He's he's not interested in. I know. Oh my God. When he was like, when, so first like they seemed to have intense chemistry and then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, do we know anything about Sam, Christy Swanson? And he's like, oh, like I could tell he just seemed disappointed. Like he, he was, was like, dejected. oh. He's the queer best friend. Yes. Like, if yes. anyone is queer in this movie, it's uh, BB. <laughs> <laughs> it's BB. <laughs> BB is like, looks like a transformer, but like in the, the car version. Like, looks it's like, like halfway through the car yes. transformation. <laughs> yes. It's like, like. He looks like Bumblebee. Yeah, I was just going to say Bumblebee, but like mid transformation, Bumblebee. Like, <laughs> Not fully one or the other. <laughs> BB's just oh my god, BB Bumblebee, Bumblebee, <gasps> BB. Hmm. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys, what the hell? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh my god. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Very weird. Very weird. weird. Oh my gosh. But anyway, you were talking about the basketball scene. Right. So my I anytime a basketball was anywhere, I was on high alert. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen with this basketball? Um, when they were first playing basketball, which I thought was a very cute scene there. Yes. I mean, Paul sucks at basketball and maybe he it should like comical the way so, they were playing basketball. He, the way they were like, they were not. No one was dribbling. No, no one was doing that. Dribbling! They were like, they were like bouncing it kind of around and throwing off screen. So funny, throwing off screen, and then we'd see an insert of a ball going into the basket, and they're like, "Yeah!" yeah. <laughs> High fiving each other. It just felt like such a like, I don't know, like a Mentos commercial, just yes. gone really strange. You know, yes. it was it was so bizarre. I was just like, "Are these all robots? Like, yeah, these are all AI trying to learn like what." humans are like you know yes. what i mean it was like so freaking weird it was very weird but at the same time it was like very endearing to me like i did like them being little friends yes and i actually liked just seeing them run around i liked seeing them run around on halloween together right, it was yeah. like the three of them and bb like i thought that was so cute i don't it was know a little, little it was a little crew of yeah freaks, 
Yeah, the little crew of freaks. <laughs> Except Paul refused to dress up for Halloween, and I was like, what are we doing? Because <laughs> literally, even BB was dressed up. BB was wearing a top hat. <laughs> And then Bibi Paul's, likes to dress up. Yeah, BB likes to dress up. BB dressed up in a little cape and top hat. And who do you li- think he was? I don't know. Like Abraham Lincoln? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Open to interpretation. Open to interpretation. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously open to interpretation. Well, that's the spectrum. It's like Abraham Lincoln or magician. Abraham Lincoln to magician. (laughs) I mean, he, he, you're probably right. It was probably magician because it was a little cape. And I, if I recall correctly, Abraham Lincoln was not known for wearing capes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's because you're not reading the right history books. (laughs) That's true. It was erasure of his. Cape erasure. Cape erasure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he, uh, so. I was very aware of the basketball during that scene. I did laugh really hard when they're like, okay, your turn, BB. I was like, BB's not going to throw it in the, what are we doing here? BB throws it behind him, goes to the mean lady's yard. They lose the basketball forever. And I was like, okay, I'm going to log that. I think that that mean lady's going to die from a basketball. I don't know how. I truly didn't know how. And then the moment that I was like, oh, this is it. Was when she's like alone in the house and she's like, get the hell out of my house. And then a basketball comes bouncing down the stairs. I died. I was like, what? Is this it? This is the Mo? (laughs) Also, I thought that Christy Swanson looked prettier as a corpse. (laughs) She did. Her eye makeup looked good. I know it was supposed to make her look did, dead, but she looked did good. Did you like the way she was holding her, her oh fingers God. like that? Like, <laughs> like she was Spock? <laughs> yeah. She was doing a Spock thing. And that was the other thing. I was like, why? Like, I don't know. Why I would she do know. that? And she was like marching around. <laughs> All these choices were so like, I was just like, what? Who made yeah. was this Christy making the decision of like, okay, I'm I'm a human g- girl with a with a robot piece implanted into my brain okay i think i'm gonna use my hands like claws because like baby had the claws, baby had I claws <laughs> but then like so she's doing the claw thing like the um live long and prosper that's right yeah or like the danny devito and batman return yes actually know? it's probably more accurately that <laughs> because she so she's like as if it's bb claws <laughs> and she's like like marching around Actually, you know what moment I thought was really effective? When she's crying and looking at the picture of herself and who she used to be. Yes. Because it then, shows that, that they, there is some Christy in her mm-hmm. still. And the twist at the end, what we discover about her, it's like she's really crying because she's realizing mm-hmm. the truth of what she is. Oh, yeah. And that's really sad. Did you ever, Of course you did. Full Metal Alchemist. Did you watch that? Of course. Okay. It's reminding me of that episode where Oh my they God. Go- I know. You already know. Oh you already God. know. No. Oh my God. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to do it cry to you. right now. <laughs> yes. With the, um, what is it called? Not Chimeras. Chimeras. And they go to that this. little girl. Oh. The little girl when she becomes a dog and they can't do it back. And they're just like, damn, this is too sad. Who and when did she, that? Her dad. Her fucking dad. Her and he's like, dad. I finally did it. And she's like, do you want to play? And she's a dog. Ugh, and they just right. leave her. And, they, and they're and they like, this is too depressing to like 
there deal are, with. There are two episodes of anime. I love anime. Me but there's too. two episodes of anime that I fully have bawled crying. That was one. So and the sad. other one is in Pokemon where Ash releases his Butterfree so so Butterfree can mate and be happy. Like those, those are the only two episodes of, of an animated show that I fully wept. Like I wept like a baby in like um, a BB, like a BB, <laughs> like a BB discovering that I'm part Christy Swanson, part BB. <laughs> I in Puella Madoka Magica. Have you watched? Oh Puella? my gosh, I haven't seen it, but I really, 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 really want to. Seriously, please watch it and tell oh me God, because it is. Oh my God, okay. It's such my favorite. Like okay, both me and my sister blessing, I'm, bonded I'm, over it. It's truly like it's intense, huh? Yeah, like when yeah. you find out the twist and you realize like that's why everyone was acting how they were acting. I was literally like weeping. I love it so much. My sister and I bonded over it so much. She for Christmas got me the manga of it, oh. and so I have it. I haven't read it yet. Um, but it's so good and it does a lot of things with animation that you don't normally see in anime and also is such a good satire. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a satire of the thing that it is. Yes, of Magical of Girl. Magical Girl. Yeah. yeah. And it's so good. It is so I'm gonna rewatch it. I have uh, to watch it. I have to watch it now. Please, please do. Cause like <sighs> that moment, yeah, that just reminds me of that like feeling so sad and moved by something. Isn't anime in it really is because it can range from <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. What was that? What's that food one where everyone like orgasms while eating? Oh my God, Kelly. Literally, that's what I had in my brain when you really? said that. Food Wars. Yes. Oh my. And I just finished watching the whole series <laughs> where they orgasm when they eat good food and their clothes rip off of yeah. their bodies. And like the like juice from the chicken flies out between their legs and shit. And I'm like, what is going on? It did make me really hungry though, watching it. I was oh, like, the way Dang. that the food was animated is so delicious. It's so, so delicious. delicious. So delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anime is um, incredible. Anime is incredible. But yeah, it can range from that to like, you know, uh, serious shit. Yeah, serious shit. Mm-hmm. It's really <sighs> cutesy stuff. Like anything uh, Studio uh, Ghibli's. So, oh, yeah. I just saw The Secret World of Arietti. Oh, how is that? Is based on the borrowers. It's mm-hmm. really great. It's not my favorite. Mm. My favorite will and shall always be oh my God, uh, which one? Uh, Kiki's Delivery <gasps> Service. Like that's that's like number that's my one favorite. Like number hands one. Down. Can't beat it. Kiki's Delivery Service. Like oh no, my there's God. nothing comes close to that. And it is the the dub I like a lot. Oh, I've never seen the dub, but I should watch the dub. Watch the dub. It's like a little bit different, but like Phil Hartman voices the little cat. And it's really what? cute. Oh, the I characterization of, of Gigi is like so cute. <gasps> I do, re- you know how sometimes it's like, okay, don't bother with the dub, but like. Right. Wait, the dub okay. for that is quite good. <clears throat> Are you a subs or a dubs person? I mean. I, I do watch dubs a lot. Okay, so you're a dub person, okay. But I will watch sub. subs. I'm a sub. Because I, I was watching um, One Punch Man for the first time and I prefer Ooh. the sub for that because okay. I think it's better voiced personally. Um, okay. But I actually just watched, or I, yeah, I, I just watched because a friend of mine, not because, I actually found out that, it, do you know Abby Trot? Hector's yes, girlfriend. I love Abby. Oh my God, Abby, I love her. So she talented. is in Millennium Actress, the dub. Our Satoshi Kone's Millennium Access. Yeah. Serious? Yes. yes. 
And I texted her afterwards. And I was like, I can't. This is literally one of my favorite movies ever, ever, ever. Like I cry after I watch it every oh. time. And if you have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Now I have to. Now that I know that Abby, I now have to watch the dub of it. Yeah. Oh God, I so it's it's kind of hard to find. I had to buy it on Blu-ray and if you uh, it's like not that expensive and it has obviously both the dub and the sub so you can yeah. watch however you want. But like it is so I don't know. It, it's really beautiful. I oh I gosh, love okay. it. I'm it's listen, high I, art. I'm like in this anime kick right now. Like I I just saw Arietti and then I saw this other uh, movie called Only Yesterday. Have you heard of this mm-mm, movie? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay, Kelly, get ready to cry, ball your eyes out. Okay, okay, okay. This. It is so beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't even like explain to you. It really is like a gorgeous movie. It's a girl. It's about a girl who um is from the city and she's like going to the countryside to like mm-hmm. sort of take a break from the city. And it's just it's a cute little quaint movie about her reminiscing her childhood. Oh my god! And the way that the, her childhood is being portrayed, it goes in flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Her flashbacks are so beautifully animated, mm-hmm. and then her present day is like also gorgeously. It, it's like inc- it's an incredible movie about memories and nostalgia. That, oh my like, god! Encapsulates like just the human experience of like living in a way that oh I've never. God. It's just so. Great. And okay. while we're on the subject yes. of anime, mm-hmm. Kelly, I'm pitching for another a future episode of okay. um, Teen Creeps. Okay. I think we need to watch Perfect Blue. I think that's like <gasps> I the next. Love Perfect okay, Blue. Because I love I think Perfect Blue. It's a nice thriller. Yes. I think it f- fits into the category of Teen Creeps. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, have, have we ever covered an anime or an animated? No. I mean, it, well, Lindsay and I covered on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted Christmas, which is the worst movie I've ever fucking seen in my life. What? Then, okay, I go to dinner with Landry Desmond, who is a listener of this show, a couple nights ago. Love Landry. Love Landry. Landry. He goes, I have a gift for you. You're going to love it and hate it. I open it. VHS of Beauty and the Beast, Enchanted Christmas, not even rewound. I was like, stop. And he was like, this is from my personal collection. He was like, this is from when I was a child. I literally watched it and never did anything with it again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's so cursed even the animation on the cover looks like dog shit like, i'm like look at it now what it is so bad oh my gosh wait can you just give us a brief synopsis of that movie please wait for real okay Beauty. have you not seen it i've never seen it Enchanted oscar Christmas. it makes the first movie cancelable <laughs> <laughs> because it takes place during the events of the first movie, but just like off screen. It's so weird. It retcons its own movie. Are you serious? And I'm like, you mean to tell me that there was a murderous organ the entire time and we didn't hear shit about it in the first movie? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, and the organ is CGI'd and everything else is not. No. Yeah, and all the songs are horrible. Oh my God. Oh my God. The beast literally imprisons her in a tower. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, why is Cogsworth and Lumiere back to... Guess what? Because it takes place before they... It's literally during Christmas time. No, during the movie. Oh, oh, it's just wedged. Wedged. As if it happened off... Like, you know in the part when they're like... Um, like, oh my God. Like when they're singing and there's like like montage of Christmas time. Yes, 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 yes. It's that time. So they took a scene from a flashback and made it into a Yes. That is new. That's that's unheard of. Yes. And and I'm like, 
if you mean to tell me that she decides to stay with him after what he did to her in Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> this is this problematic. It's straight up problematic. It's bad. Like, it's already not great because she is a prisoner. But, right. But it's like he literally locks her in a tower. Oh, my. Wait. The cast is crazy. Yeah, no, it's the cast. It's very yes. back. As, yeah. This is pop. yeah. Haley Joel Osment. Yes. He's, he's Bernadette Peters, Tim Curry, yeah. Paul Rubens, Peter yeah. Herman himself. Oh, also Paul Rubens plays a really fucking annoying little piccolo character. <laughs> Wait, what's a pic? <laughs> like a, like a little flute. <laughs> <laughs> he plays like a little flute. That's like a simp for the fucking the organ. The only piccolo I know is from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, no, it's the not hell? that. <laughs> not that. It is a little simp that like will do the bidding <laughs> of this organ played by Tim Curry. Oh my gosh. Please, I mean, I don't know if you should watch it. It is actually horrible. Oh, you better believe it. It better be on Disney Plus. Of course it's on Disney. That's how I watched it. You thought I paid money to watch that movie? <laughs> it's on Disney Plus. It's so bad. Please watch it. Let me know how you feel. <laughs> I felt like and the songs are so bad. Bad. Like I I, I could it's write better songs, so I think. Funny. Like what? Like nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense in the movie. Nothing. This is the second episode in a row I've re- reminisced about how horrible this movie is too. I'm haunted by it. Well, I'm only haunted by it especially because Landry literally just gave me the freaking VHS. I'm gonna put it in a beautiful that place is of so honor. Funny. Because oh, some so of those sequels are good. I think Cinderella Four: Twist Through Time. Great I agree. movie. It's I agree. So good. Honestly, better than Cinderella. I think. I think too. It's like funny and, and the to me the only sequel I've seen outside. I think I've seen Return of Jafar when I was a child. Ah, uh, 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 but I don't uh, recall it. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Isn't there a Little Mermaid? To what, when she's like 13? Or a sequel? I think there's a sequel. Oh, she has a kid. She has a kid in it. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. No, I don't care. I truly don't care. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Little Mermaid fans. Sorry, Little Mermaid fans. I I don't care that she has a child. Um, The Little Mermaid as a mom? No, no, no. Yeah. Why why are we doing this? Yeah. Because also, like, when I was a kid, the stuff I liked about Little Mermaid was, like, her swimming around and being in the ocean. Yeah. Not her, like, you know, going through labor and... Laying eggs. I, I don't know how a mermaid reproduce. I don't I don't want to know. You know what? I think she's is human she... at that point. But then she she <laughs> she still lays an egg. <laughs> you know they fix her outside, but then they fix her inside. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't want to say fix. That's really that's really um mermaid erasure. Yeah. Species of me. I don't want to yeah. say fix. But you know what I mean? Yeah, she probably they laid changed. a bunch of eggs. Like yeah. caviar. Her caviar. Oh my God, cool. stop. Yeah. She's like, her belly's covered in caviar. Ew. Oh, ew. Ew, ew. Ooh. I don't want to be like, like, species, but that's nasty. 
<laughs> Ew. Wait, is she the only Disney princess to be a mother officially? No. Because who else has kids? Hey, Siri, what <laughs> Disney princesses have kids? Hell yeah, Quora article. Yeah. You know I'm going to look at this Quora article. Quora is so toxic. Okay, let me see. <laughs> it's so toxic. Okay. Do any of them have... Wait, are there no answers for this? Oh, wait. No, there has to be an answer. Do, do any of the Disney princesses have babies? Because <sighs> I don't think Jasmine, Mulan, like none of those. No, 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 no. Cinderella, Snow White, no. Wait, how come I can't see any? I don't really know how to use Quora. Open an app? No. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Yeah, I don't. It's not showing me. I'm Googling it. Oh, my God. Ariel is the only Disney princess to have a child. Really? She has a daughter named Melody. Yuck. Ew, because she likes to sing. Give me a break. (laughs) What are you, Mariah Carey? Narcissistic. (laughs) Shoving your kid out of the way so you can perform. Melody. Melody Mermaid. Yuck. Melody Mermaid? Wait, so did she come out a mermaid? <laughs> um, actually, let's see. No, she probably comes out a child. Melody, uh... Oh, what, what the hell? Oh, no. She has legs and she's a mermaid. Ew, what? How? Wait, what the hell? Oh, is this a... It might be fan art, though. Because there's a picture of really a svelte-looking Ursula. <laughs> looking okay. at her with her... Melody is the protagonist of The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea... Wow, she really looks like Eric. So we know that Ariel wasn't <laughs> sleeping around. You know what I'm saying? There is, yeah. She looks so that much like That is literally Eric. Eric's face. <laughs> it's literally Eric's face with like a little ponytail. Okay, hold on. <laughs> it's me... like Eric put himself in like one of those like AI generators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. She, uh, well-mannered princess, sassy, tomboyish, socially anxious, um, adventurous spirit. <laughs> Uh, okay. Her mermaid half is affecting her life. Uh-oh. She's drawn to the ocean. She doesn't know why. Her parents are trying to keep her away from the sea. She wants to go to it. <gasps> oh, that's fascinating. She can't fit in with children. Oh my god, it's like suppressing your own cultural heritage and your. Oh children. my god, you're right. It's is this a rumination story. on passing? Okay, hold on. <gasps> Making her appear at a place, Wait, talking to marine creatures. Incredible. She pretends she has a tail. She pretends to have it. So then, okay, wishes to live among them. Wow, this feels like the mixed race struggle. Not enough of one thing to be one and not enough of the other to be the other. I feel you, girl. Okay, hold on, let's see. Become, oh wait, huh? I'm sorry. (laughs) They they really skipped this because they're like, she wishes to live among the mer people. After becoming a mermaid, Melody matured from that mindset. I'm like, wait. No, you got to tell us how that happened, baby. How did that happen? Okay, she found out that neither the ocean nor land is better. They're just different. <laughs> Sorry, ocean's better. No offense to the land. But... <gasps> oh, she has social anxiety disorder. Okay. What? Oh, I think people are just... Uh... <laughs> No. I'm sorry. I'm this is reading scared. into it a little bit. They're like, she has social anxiety because she's shy around attractive boys. I was like, no. No. <laughs> That's <Just> anybody. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, no. She imitates Sebastian's speech and accent. Ouch, 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 ouch. Wait a second. Ooh, ouch, In ouch, the ouch, sequel, ouch. the yeah. villain is someone named Morgana, who is Ursula's sister. Okay. And she looks exactly like Ursula, just thin. Hmm. 
So this is a lot of pretty lazy characterization we have here. Because yeah. we also have her looking exactly like Eric. Ex- yeah. You should look at Morgana Little Mermaid. You like okay. She's skinnier. Oh my god, you're this, joking. This is Ursula this with is the bypass so surgery. Seriously. What? Mm-mm. Work harder. Lazy. Give her like more of a squidish thing instead of octopus or something. See, that is smart. Make her like a squid. Absolutely. Ooh, or like honestly, like any other scary underwater. Like if she was like an anglerfish type thing, or a, like Ooh. a snow crab or something. Legs. Ooh, is that too scary for children? Maybe. Nah. 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 We've seen some scary shit as kids that we. That's true. Black Cauldron mind. exists. Exactly, yeah. Return to Oz. Exists. Oh my, I love Return to Oz. I love it. What a movies. wonderful movie. One of my favorite movies ever. Same. Um, but this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, Deadly Friend. <laughs> what were you going to talk about? <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Deadly Friend. So this whole time yeah, okay, I'm wait. watching this. Okay, so like, first of all, for, for those of y'all who haven't seen Deadly Friend, Kelly, what the... What is this movie about? Like, just give us a synopsis of this movie. Okay. So this kid, he (laughs) is a genius and he has a robot. The robot gets destroyed. The girl next door, he has a crush on her. She's part of his friend group. She is a victim of domestic violence from her father. She dies. He's like, I'm going to bring her back. He makes his best friend do surgery with him, which I was like, wow, you must really love him to like agree to do surgery with him. And that's the gay thing. The gay thing is to listen. I would do surgery on someone yeah. for my, the love of my life. Exactly. So he did surgery on her. She comes back. She starts enacting revenge on all the people that were harmful to them because she still has like BB's murderous tendencies. And then they have to figure it out. That's what the movie is. <laughs> they don't really figure it out. They don't figure it out. TBH. It's not figured out. There is something. Okay. So another thing that we need to dissect about Deadly Friend is that this was made by Wes Craven, the person mm-hmm. responsible for... Such iconic movies as The Hills Have Eyes, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street, Scream, etc., etc., etc. I mean, this is a master, like a mastermind in the horror genre. And then he makes the movie Deadly Friend, which yes. was his depart supposed to be a departure from his horror roots. He wanted to make a movie. He was burnt out by making horror mm. after horror after horror movie. And he was like, I want to do something different. So he did not sign up to do Nightmare on Elm Street 2 for that reason. He was like, I don't want to keep doing horror movies. And that's why Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, is such a different movie from the other Nightmare Mm -hmm. on Elm Street. It's more of like, honestly, a queer narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I I really enjoy Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but it is not a Freddy Krueger. So he was like, okay, I'm going to make another movie. I'm going to try to do something more along the lines of sci-fi. So he got the script for this movie called Friend based off of a novel um, mm-hmm. where it's like where he like he like read it and was like, OK, this is I could see this as a romance story. And so mm. he started directing it. He started putting it as like, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then because of the success of Nightmare on Elm Street, the uh, the people in charge were pressuring Wes Craven to make it more into a horror movie. They're like, can we just put one horror element just one horror scene just one little horror scene to just tack into this movie and Wes is like fine fine I'll do it and what he ended up doing adding was the nightmare scene <coughs> with Chrissy Swanson oh and her dad, yeah yeah 
where she like shoves a piece of glass in his stomach and blood comes. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool with the vase yes. and he, the blood shoots out of the v- middle of the vase onto her. I thought that was cool. That was really cool. And like that being like, you can't kill me. I'm always here. Very yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, like literally mm-hmm. it's like her having a nightmare. And yeah. it apparently tested so well that they were like, you have to make this more of a horror movie. And Wes Craven <gasps> did not want that. Adam. He was like, uh, and also wow. during that time, I watched an interview of him talking about this movie because it bombed. It did so bad. It did not really? do well. Um, and he was saying like, it was the toughest time in his life because as an, as a creative, he was feeling burnt out by the horror genre. He wanted to make something yeah. different. He looked at, oh my God, who made, who directed Starman? Um, do you know the movie Starman? I do not. With, uh, oh, John Carpenter. Okay, so Jar- John Carpenter directed this movie Starman that like blew up and became big. And it wasn't a horror movie. It was like a sci-fi. And he was like, mm-hmm. I want to do what John Carpenter was able to be. Uh, a director not just attached to horror to just be like, an incredible like right of all of all genres and so that was happening and his job wasn't allowing him to do it they were cutting money for for friend and uh mm. he was also going through a, a serious divorce like a, a a breakup um so he was oh you know gosh. in some kind of way he was just yeah. like feeling really really uh terrible and mm. he added, I believe, six more scenes that were like horror. And then mm-hmm. the movie turned from friend to deadly friend. And they were they were they fully marketed it as a horror movie. So can you imagine being a creative, a director you direct? Um, mm-hmm. And you're like, I want to make this movie a sci fi sort of romance movie. Mm-hmm. And then hearing from people being like, no, Kelly, what you do well is horror. And we want you to stick to horror. And then eventually just caving into this, doing it. Yeah, I mean, that would be, it sucks to be pigeonholed for sure. And like, obviously I can't speak to like having a reputation like that, but I do, I have been someone who is a director of something and receiving uh, notes on things. I think like from higher ups that are like, you know, it should be this or it should be that. Granted, I think, there will eventually come a point in my life because I've done this for other aspects of like my career, for mm-hmm. example, like hosting or whatever. Like there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, even if so, if something's not my dream job, but it pays me, then I'm like, I'll just fucking do this thing. Who cares? Get it done, get my paycheck and move on and do whatever the fuck I want. But since I'm more new to directing than I am, or at least I'm more um, I don't have as big of a reputation or foot in the door for like creative like narrative work as opposed to hosting work i am like kind of like oh i only want to do like this kind of stuff that's mine and i have had like conversations with people uh you know who will be like um this needs to change blah 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 and i have literally been like if i don't change it is this not going to get made and then they say no and i say okay well then i'm not going to change it And like, I do feel confident enough in myself to like know which stuff to really like fight for and which stuff to not. But then again, I have never worked on something with that much money on the line. I've never. So like for me, it's like all small potatoes. So of course I can like stand up for myself for things or whatever. Um, That being said, like, would I take like a, a job to like direct or be in or whatever something that i didn't give a shit about like yeah so i'm pretty good at compartmentalizing (laughs) things i really am i'm good at like 
being like, you know what? This is, money's money. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you get used to things very easily. And so it's like right now I'm like money's money. But if I am someone who's like, I'm then used to being in charge of my own projects much more and like being um, like a respected person in that industry and like all of that, then I'm, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be like. Maybe I would be used to, to me being like, no, this is my vision. I want to do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Someone posted a bunch of screen grabs from the director's commentary of The Northman. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Wait, and directed it that? is Robert Eggers. Uh-huh. And he has said, this is not the movie that uh-huh. I made. That's because it was a lot made. Oh, so it was yeah because it's and yeah and also like a lot of executive notes and like just yeah. not because he's always done small budget yeah. stuff and it's like he's the auteur of it and the northman is huge budget all-star cast like you know a lot of people breathing down your neck and saying well this is what it should be well this is what it should be so literally he has like there are parts where he's like i hate this shot or he, he literally was like this um we linger on this poorly composed film school shot for too long no yeah. way yeah yeah or he's like this should have been cut completely like oh, literally he he hates that movie that's so crazy even with someone like with that reputation and that like pedigree can still yeah. have the rug pulled out from under him it's like mm, kind of disheartening yeah well and it's especially because even though he is respected he is he's he was always a small studio you know right. mid to small studio yeah. m- mid-budget guy right. small budget guy who can kind of do whatever he wants and has actors that trust him and you know whatever and then you know you get like well they're like well you know nicole kidman and um alexander skarsgård and like anya taylor joy they're going to be in this movie and like i i know he has a relationship with anya taylor joy like they've worked right. together before yeah. but still it's like oh this huge budget thing with all these like all of these voices that weren't there before mm-hmm. they're like, Big well, it has voices, to be like yeah. this. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's not pleased with how that movie turned out. Very funny to me to just be like, oh, this sucks. Um, but it's just, Alexander Skarsgård was so hot in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I got really distracted thinking about, and you know what? That is the point. The and that is the point. Absolutely. I'm sorry, point. but he was like major beefcake running around. Like, okay. Literally when now he I caught the see. spear, uh, now I need wait, did you see that movie? Should okay. I? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> medium, maybe. Like it, he is extremely hot. There's a part where he's like storming a village, and he's like part of this like weird group or not weird. They're just like a group of Vikings that call themselves like the wolves, sorry, and they like Bjork act like they're wolves. 
Yeah, Bjork's in it. Okay, Bjork Bjork is cool in it. What the heck? She's like she's like a seer. Oh um yeah. Okay, but there's a part. So there is a long um a very long shot of this like battle choreo. And he so he's like crawling on the fucking ground and then he stands up and he motions to his like little wolf guys like we're going to go in. A spear comes flying over. He catches it in the air and throws it back and I was like, "Oh my god, he's hot." It's so hot. And then he's like running around, like being very good at fighting. He's very beefcake. Like basically they were saying, because, you know, for like um, superhero movies and stuff, they're like, we beefcake them up and then we have them cut. Right. Yes. They just did beefcake for him because they were like Vikings wouldn't be cut. Like they would be like eating to try. Yeah. yeah. So that's why he's so. Yeah. And like animal fat to like stay warm. Right. Yeah. So he's husky. He looks good. Okay, I might have that to moment when out. he catches the spear, it's very hot. You could just maybe just watch a clip of that. <laughs> like maybe just watch a clip of the of the battle long shot. He's very hot in that. Because he's like covered in blood and he's like scary. <laughs> oh I mean, that's maybe me being mentally ill, but I thought he was hot. <laughs> you know, when he's like more animal than man. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally like... I went with a friend of mine and she and I were like watching it. He catches the spear and throws it. And we both were like, oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, that's I just the like point just... of cinema is to like really affect you in that kind of way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Visceral. This is what Nicole Kidman was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also Nicole Kidman's good in it. She's, you know, herself. Very strange. Very specific, weird choices. Very good. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was... You know what? It was pretty stressful. It was a stressful movie. I would say maybe just watch that. Um, Wait, stressful in what way? Well, there's like a final battle scene that's like literally him and this other really jacked guy fighting on lava. I was like, what's what? happening? Yeah, literally. And they're like trying to roll out of the way of the lava. It's it's very stressful. You, why, like, did, gonna why, be why does this bring me back to like Star Wars Episode 3? Feels very much like that. TBH. TBH. It's very much that vibe, but like cinema. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm cinema. like, what am I watching? It's Star Wars, but cinema. I love that. <laughs> and that's a Kelly Nugent quote, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the Northmen. Oh, my God. So that's so interesting about... um about So does Wes... Do we feel do you feel like Wes Craven does not stand by this movie? Do you think he's unhappy with how it is? Um uh, that's a great or question. Or is that speculation? I think I mean he's dead so we can ask him. It became like a cult favorite and you know, I think with Wes Mhm. I don't know, a lot of these death scenes are so out of control that it feels yeah. like a place it came out of spite. For example, the aforementioned yeah. basketball death scene which is yeah. literally the reason to watch this movie. It's so iconic. Um, so Probably funny. one of the most unique kills in cinematic history. Like, death yeah. by basketball. No one's died this brutally. <laughs> no. And, like, the, the velocity of that basketball <laughs> in order to accomplish what it does. That is some, honestly, to bring it back, that is some anime shit right there. That's anime shit. That is some one-punch man that shit. That is exactly some one punch me dude because i've been hitting the head with a basketball as you can see i'm still here <laughs> but like literally okay so let's paint the scene for this basketball so 
uh, it's the mean lady who like stole their basketball. She like shoots. She shoots. BB destroys him it's, with. It's by the her way. Shotgun. It's the lady from Don't Throw a Mama from the Train. Ah. She's like has a very specific voice, you know. Yeah, hey. and you know what's you know what's so interesting because you pointed out that this movie is similar to Aunt Megan, mm-hmm. and I agree. And I feel like this woman is the mean lady next door that, that Megan kills. It's like actually Kelly, like a very similar trope vibe Seriously. and aesthetic too. Yeah, I was I was I was truly like, there's no way that the at least the director of Megan. Did not see ooh, this movie. Ooh, that's interesting. Because I, I see, I, I'm not saying they're ripping it off, but I see the inspo. Yeah, I see it too. I was probably on his pin up with the next one. Yeah, it was like literally the explosion of the basketball. <laughs> he was like, okay, so uh, this mean woman, she like hears, well, we know that <laughs> Christy Swanson, now BB-fied, is she comes in and she's running around, pitter-patter feet. Yeah. Running around in this lady's house, and she's like, "You better get out of here! <laughs> I live that's here." That's a great impression of that lady. Thank you, thank you so much. And she's like, "I got my shotgun," and she gets out her shotgun. She's she like, ready to shoot. Shotgun, my god, my god! I thought she was so mean when she killed BB. That is the dumbest thing I've ever said. <laughs> that's like when my mom like watches like like Red Dragon, and she's like, "He's mean." <laughs> Oh my God, wait, Oz, have I told you, have I told you, have I told you about this TikTok account? I don't know if she still exists. So like I often will watch only because I am sent these, the most cursed TikToks. And there's one where this girl, it's cursed on many levels. She um, like puts herself in Harry Potter. I know she's our age. So already Harry Potter, we're like, what's happening? Red flag. B, you're 30. So also what's happening? Because like you're with teenagers. But so she like created this whole fanfic thing, like literally fanfic of her in it. Like, and she's like manipulated the footage and shit. Like she's in it. But I was like dying laughing. So she like writes like the dialogue because obviously they're not saying what they're saying in the show. So she'll have it as captions. Right. And there was one I was like laughing so hard. Like she just has this scene basically in her world. I haven't watched these in like a year, but the last I saw was that in her world, like she was being fought over by Draco and Harry. Like both of them want to be with her. I know it's mm-hmm. <laughs> Not this. so yes, it's so cursed on so many levels. So then Draco is kicking the shit out of Harry for her, I guess. <laughs> and she like runs out and she's like, Draco, you're being mean. (laughs) (laughs) I need to find this. This girl. You you have to send it to me. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. They're so like, you will actually be shocked at the production value of these because they're like, she color grades this shit. I'm like, what's happening? What is going on? I mean, I don't know. You know, more power. And she has like 55 parts. (laughs) Like she's like part 55 chapter, whatever. And it's like this whole story. I don't even really remember what the story is, but it like I was mesmerized by them because like it was just so many levels of like, why are you so obsessed with Harry Potter? Why are you like you're like in the fantasy, fully in the fantasy. fully in the fantasy <laughs> of like this like turfy, like dated thing. But I guess it's now mm-hmm. being talked about again because it's fucking Hogwarts legacy. Everybody's mm-hmm. talking about that, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like, dude, like it. I'm like, look, I'm glad you spend your time doing something, I guess. 
<laughs> but she even does she could like be like a good editor for like you know stuff like yeah she could get paid to, i mean maybe she does get paid but she has scenes where she kisses them oscar what? but she does like extreme close-ups and i think she has like another person's face no 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 yes Ooh. truly it is so disturbing but of course I couldn't stop watching because friend of the show, Ryan Mogi sent it to me a very long time ago. I know. I know. And I was like, oh, no. And then my like, I don't use TikTok for anything other than what people send to me. Yes. So I literally watched that. And then anytime I open TikTok, it is horrible. Of my like FYP is like is. evil. Oh, my God. Nothing but I know. curse, curse, curse videos. I know. I follow, I think, one account, maybe two. One of the accounts I follow is Sylvanian Drama. If you do not watch it, it is so fucking funny. Yeah. So, like, you know those little, like... Oh, my God. The little toys with the animals. Yes. So, it's, like, a soap opera that they make with those. And it's so funny. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, But anyway. Okay. How did we get here? Basketball scene. Oh, right. So she's like, I'm going to kill you with my shotgun. And then bounce, 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 <laughs> bounce, 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 It's a fucking basketball bouncing down the stairs. <laughs> and Christy Swanson hurls it at the woman's face and her head explodes. And then her body, this is the part I laughed so hard because the body is so obviously fake. It's falling apart in the middle. <laughs> it just flings across the room. No head. No, first it walks around it- without a head. Flails around, just fully flailing. <laughs> but it's like, and then it flies, f- falls on the ground, and like you can tell that like the top piece is not connected to the bottom piece. It's so, <laughs> so funny. awful. It's so awful. And Kelly, here's yeah. the thing: that mm. was the best tape. <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, it had to be. It had but with to be something, the best tape. but with something that intense that you know is going to fuck up the entire room, is it a we have to get it in one take? <gasps> Oh, good point. And they fuck it like, up. <laughs> blood everywhere. They fuck up that thing. Yeah. I mean, I know they could have maybe multiple, but like. No, but like it's all of blood's all over the walls. Like that's like, going to take come forever. On. So it was probably yeah. a one and done sort of thing. Like you got to hit this. And they were just like, well. The head's got to explode. You got to flail around and land right here. Yeah. And it just I think work. they were like, I guess done. we got it. Yeah. I think that's we the We have vibe. to keep moving. That was I the vibe for a lot it. of it. I guess we got it. And then the 80s, like, we have to keep moving. And that is, I feel like that was the vibe on set. They're like, we only have this location for like six more hours and there's blood everywhere. We have to keep moving. (laughs) Because they used a location. They used peer space. (laughs) They're on Gigster for the house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know they didn't go. clean up so the person they did coming not back clean being up. like what the hell happened i know and the gigster rules were like no shoes on the carpet and they're like there's blood everywhere we have to leave <laughs> holy shit <laughs> but yeah like even even the vibe of that i mean it's such a hilarious scene to me so funny and it really just comes out of nowhere because like Here's the thing, for most of the movie, I would say like the a good like 40 minutes of this movie is like kind of sweet. It's like this guy mm-hmm. meets this girl and like it it gets real in the sense of like her her father like abuses her, you know? Mm-hmm. And like it's about like these two sort of like 
offering an escape for this for this for Sam, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when the dad slaps Christy and she falls down the stairs and like kills, I mean, she falls down the stairs and breaks her. Um, then it suddenly turns into this like movie of like we got to save her life. Then it's like okay, we saved her life by implanting my dead robot best friend into the body of my crush and then they mm-hmm. merged brain they merged personalities i'm i'm not clear really on what 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 happened i'm also not clear yeah, don't it's really not specified no and then with the like the reveal at the end it's like oh it's much more than we thought and i was like what was the surgery you guys did <laughs> because like yeah like how did that happen how did you guys do that <laughs> How did like, you do let's it? Scientifically, like analyze that moment at the very end, huh? Because it's like, it's like, uh, like boy genius and the guy who loves him <laughs> made put a an entire robot inside of a person's body, like a weird, like like he was Wolverine, like exoskeleton, yes. adamantium bones or something. Yes, the the adamantium bones. I was like, what? That can't. No, they didn't do that surgery. There's no way. And in the time that they did, like it was like three hours. <laughs> they did that. That's not even a Weapon X program. It's like two kids. Which begs the question, mm-hmm. is Christy Swanson, was she, has she been a robot this whole time? The whole time? What? What if- She was a robot the whole time? What if the dad is yeah. like that guy who was a mad genius, a scientist, wanted a daughter, and then like was super depressed, developed an alcohol problem, constructed a daughter, like a chimera, like a full metal alchemist. Yeah. And she ended up being like fine, but he looks at her like she's a robot. Like I'll never have. That's a why flesh I can't respect blood. her. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Or what if she died off page? What What if she oh. died off page and he built her without us seeing, and then she broke? Like, what if the neighbor boy built her back up without us seeing, and then he fixed her? I truly don't know what the fuck happened. Because <laughs> like, like she it's turns exactly it to a the robot. shape of. It she like it was a robot in the shape of a skeleton underneath her face and arms. Yeah, and it had like BB. It was like evil BB. It looked at like BB. Yeah. It was an like evil BB, human BB. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, what the hell? BB, and it was weird, and it was actually very funny because it had like sharp teeth for no re- it did no it. reason at all. Why? Why would it have sharp teeth? What's going on there? What's what going is on? happening? What's, the, what's with the design of this of this robot? Don't make no sense. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. I will say it was really cool. The practical effects. Of like him peeling the skin to really yeah that like, was really cool. to see the mechanized you know uh, yes it was really cool it was really cool to see the face sort of splitting away and then you see BB's face with a lot of gooey stuff like that's fun you know and it was cool too because like when he's ripping away the blood at first you're like wait what and you because you can't really tell because it's so bloody with the arms right. and then you're like wait is that metal wait what is she and then the face rips off and it's a BB face yeah you're like wait. What what was she? What what, what was what she? What is this? What's happening? Is this a dream sequence? Like, is that how we end this movie with a like? That's a, what like I thought night, it was a dream. Sequence. You know, it, it, are we ending it like Nightmare on Elm Street, where you know the mom's body is being dragged from that tiny little window in the door? I don't know. Or is this real life? Because I thought it was a dream, like her dream with the dad. Yes, but it was not. I mean, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But it, again, it's like Wes Craven can't escape this, can't escape the legacy of Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm sure that ending was left ambiguous because they were like, oh, it worked on Nightmare on Elm Street. It's going right. to work on Deadly Friend. You know? Right, right, right. 
I also, when, when she, uh, is that why maybe her hands were doing that? Because she was always a robot. She was a robot. And like then fully? putting BB's chip made her activate, erase her, <gasps> like Melody from The Little Mermaid 2. <laughs> she- <laughs> no! She realized she was more yeah. powerful as a robot than as a girl. Than as a girl. And that's how she, yeah, maybe, Whoa. maybe. <gasps> you know what I liked about this movie? Is that it it really captured the feeling that I think a lot of horror does. Because a lot of horror is do not trust authority. Yes. They're not here to help you. They won't believe you. They won't do anything like that. And I felt like even though his mom, she was a good mom. She was She was a good mom, yeah. Yeah, she was she was a good mom. And I did think that oh, maybe they he killed her. Drug his mom? He did drug his mother. That was not good. <laughs> I did not like that he I did for- that. I completely forgot about that ex- until now. Yeah, he drugged his yeah. mom so he can operate on, on Chrissy Swanson. Yes. And then Tom comes in and he's like, don't go in there. And see, he so loves him. He's like wanting to protect him from it. He's like, don't go in there. I think you gave her too much. I think she's dead. Don't go in there. He wanted to protect him. He wanted to protect him. He said, this isn't healthy. I know. You and but then her he not. shoved past him anyway. And he was like, oh, she's okay. I, the part, okay. There's also a part I laughed when they're driving to, they steal the car. They go to the hospital to go get her body before they pull the plug. And he's like, where'd you learn to drive? And he's like, from home to the way here. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> Those he's kids were funny. He's got a sense yeah. of humor. Yeah, yeah. But what I really liked about this movie was, because that first half, like we were talking about, it's just like these friends hanging out. And it's like, no one will let these kids just be happy. Mm. It's it's the neighbor who basically, you know, he's the one who causes all of this. He kills his fucking daughter. True. It's the mean lady across the street. Oh, wait a second. Ah, yeah. yeah. So the real and nightmares are the are grownups essentially. Yeah, yeah. Bitter and mean grownups. Oh, and it's him trying to fix what the bro- grownups broke. Yeah. And he can't fix it because he's ill-equipped because right. he's just a kid. But it's like truly like if they had just been left alone, they could have just been kids that were happy. And the kids that the the bullies are older. They're like young adults That's on bikes. True. Yeah. They're not peers, you know? Mm-mm. Huh. Yeah, I think it's like this idea of like, again, what you were saying about horror is about not trusting authority. In this mm-hmm. case, it's adults, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really trust adults like because adults will take your best friend and they'll take your creation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, when even when the police show up, mm-hmm. they ruin, like they cause her death again because like she was she was remembering she was like paul paul yeah and then he's like put your hands up put your hands up and it startles her she doesn't understand she just sees a person with a gun so then she charges him and she dies so it's truly every adult such authority except for his mom yeah which i wonder why i mean she's just easily dispatched she gets drugged <laughs> i think she's like the the only i mean in a way, you're sort of like, well, this adult is allowing a lot of these things happen. She's sort of like an absent sort of like parent. You're right. Because also when Christy Swanson gets yanked away from the house after having dinner and the dad like takes her away, the mom just watches concern. Oh, that's true. Whereas like she if it just, were me, yeah. I would have been like, I'm sorry. I, I just don't feel comfortable. I think she should stay here. Yep. And she's like, and forget like, about her. It's fine. Yeah. Or I would have lied and covered for him, been like, she's not here. Yeah. Yeah. So she is an enabler. She's an enabler. 
so yeah, tr- truly none of them are being protected by adults. So strange. Reminds me of the mom and ginger snaps. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. I love the mom and ginger snaps. Yeah, she was great. She was fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, it does remind me of that. Where just it's like, like everything's fine and like maybe we can just start over and like Yeah. And move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Parents just don't understand Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. They knew it. They knew it. They knew it all along. But yeah, so basically they can't even keep they can't they can't keep this under control because basically the boys have created a hybrid person robot that cannot what's the word? It can't make the two of those things exist together right. in one person. Right. It doesn't understand. But like also, yes, because it, it is like a moment of confusion of this of Christy slash BB of like being like who am I? What am I trying to find out? It's a Frankenstein mm-hmm. monster, honestly. That's that's yeah. really what Deadly Friend is about. But my question is, is it BB's natural tendency for violence? Mm-hmm. That's the issue. I think Because we so. saw that scene where the guy broke into the van and yeah. BB choked his ass, you know? Yeah. That's to yeah. signify to the audience that like, oh, there's a dark side to BB. A little fucked up. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for sure. I think it is... This girl who has experienced trauma combined with now the capability and violent nature of this robot that's like creating this creature of vengeance. Also, like, and I know we talked about this moment, but like, I actually was quite moved when she was crying looking at. So she discovers she doesn't really know what she is. She hasn't really spoken. She's just scared. She's walking around in his room. She finds a picture of her, of Christy Swanson, the BB. And Paul is smiling at the camera and she gets really upset and then she's just crying, staring at this picture. And I think it's like her realizing like I am both of these things and I can't be what I was ever again. Yeah, there's no and you back. can't. Yeah, I can't be put back. There is no curing me. That's tragic. Eek. Which is very tragic. And he did that to her, even though he was just trying to help. I know. And he didn't want to. Yeah, it's like tough. It's the act of, you know, he lost. Two of his best friends. I know. Both one after the other. One after the other. Yeah. Because BB was his best buddy. I mean, is that I what know. BB stands for? Best buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what does BB stand for? Is that explained at all? I bet you it's an IMDb trivia or something. Is it? I'm gonna look. I'm just going to see. Type BB deadly friend. Wikipedia. Let's see here. Mm-mm-mm. What? Like cast? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, his full name. Budrick Bellinor. <laughs> I thought you were being serious. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, so according to this, he just inserts the microchip into her brain and takes her back to his house. So let's see what, how Wik- Wikipedia... Yeah, suddenly Samantha grabs Paul's neck and her face rips apart, revealing a terrifying variant of BB's head. Her skin strips away, revealing half robotic bones underneath. With a robotic voice, Samantha tells him to come with her. When a hor- horrified Paul screams, she snaps his neck, killing him. Well, what the hell happened there? So then I guess it would be that she was always, huh? <laughs> yeah, wait a <laughs> second. Yeah, huh? Okay. Well. Oh, my God. I'm Okay, wait a second. I'm reading the trivia now, and this is blowing my mind. Okay, okay. Tell me, tell me. cost $20,000 to build. Oh, my God. That is a lot of money. In 1986 money? Yeah. I mean, it would be earlier, 87, because they were shooting before. Damn. Oh my gosh. I mean, 85. Okay, okay, okay. Ready for this? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swanson said that she had probably thrown the basketball over a hundred times during the reshooting filming of Elvira's death scene. Wes Craven kept at me. This is a Wes Craven kept at me to throw it as hard as I could to indicate great speed. You can't do it in post. <laughs> I must have tossed that ball a hundred times. My arm sure felt I did. Swanson also said in an interview with Maxim Magazine in oh May my of God. 2000 that the fake head was stuffed with actual cow brains that the production Ew. crew picked up from a butcher shop. Yuck. That probably smelled so bad. Oh, God. Icky, icky, icky. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard to make it look like she's throwing it fucking fast enough to explode someone's head. Do that in post. Do that in post. (gasps) Okay. Wes Craven wasn't attracted to the story of Death Farm because Samantha goes on a killing spree when she's revived as a dead monster. Craven was much more interested in exploring the adults around her, all of whom seem to be monsters in human skin. (gasps) That's literally what you're saying. Oh, my God. But it's true. Whoa. That's incredible. Ankhoyab. Literally no res- no BB. What is B let me ask the, the listeners of Team Creeps. Let us know what you think BB stands for. Yep. At us. At us. At us, please. And tell us what does BB stand for? Man. I mean, I loved this movie. I loved it too. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. So like while Wes Craven was going through all that stuff, he was going through a divorce, all that stuff. He was supposed to direct Beetlejuice and they they were like, nah, <gasps> never mind. And Superman four. Oh my god! Inter- I remember in the interview because he he was like, "Yeah, I met with Christopher Reeves, and Christopher yeah. Reeves said I will never let you direct." What? Yeah. Could you oh my god! Wes Craven directing Beetlejuice. That'd be so different. It'd be a full-on horror movie. Yeah, I would be. Wow. I will never let you direct a Superman movie. Wow, wow, wow. Damn. Imagine being told that. I'd be like, "Fine, I don't want your stupid Superman movie." <laughs> <laughs> the voice of BB is the voice of Roger Rabbit. Shut up. Really? That's so Perfect crazy. movie. Who from Roger Rabbit? Great movie. Wow. Anyway, Deadly That's Friend wild. is incredible. It's it really, really is. It like has it scratches that itch of like eighties movies you like sort of remember, mm-hmm. but you don't. They're they're sort of forgotten gems, you know. Yeah, and honestly, all the trivia that you were saying about how he was going about shooting this movie explains the feeling Absolutely. of the beginning of this movie, which kind of has this like thoughtful just like day in the life this kid like it is sad it is i was actually really sad when she died yeah because and when bb died her, too and there's yeah. so many cute moments like honestly i make fun of the basketball the, them playing basketball scene a lot like it is really a very funny y'all need to like google it uh youtube they're it. using both hands to bounce it on the ground it's so bad it's so funny to me but it there's an there's a sweetness to it it weirdly it feels like is. they're teenagers but it like fe- weirdly feels so innocent to me like they, they feel like it they're is. like 10 years old they're happy and when they're running around on halloween they're happy like i yeah. it did really feel like it did like it captured childhood it was almost i won't say it's as good at capturing it but it has almost like a stand by me feel or like um like any of those other movies where it's like about kids just hanging out and being and, and loving each other and, and and having this friendship especially um, when you think about Wes craven's like original idea of like the adult yeah. being the monsters human skin it is it's very much like the the four of them against the world sort of you have like the yeah. girl who's been abused by her father you have this guy, a high schooler going into college with adults yeah. and feeling ostracized. And you have the newspaper boy who's clearly gay. 
and a mm-hmm. robot is being tormented by his by the next door neighbor. You know, like they all have mm-hmm. their own sort of challenges. And I feel like if this movie was not, I mean, take away the deadly part, yeah, just see like a like kids bonding through trauma. Like I'd watch that movie. Like it's me too. Kind of cool, you know. Yeah, and if you we were to explore those things a bit more, right? With like. Because that's the other thing that kind of what you mentioned where he's ostracized at school because he's a kid. Yeah. I would have loved to see that a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. It's all adults at this college and he's a kid. And even his like supervisor person, he's like, oh, we can't save her. And he's like, but we have all of this technology. And he's like, yeah, but we're not going to use it. And he's like, okay, then I'm going to do it. Yeah. But it's just him trying to capture the feeling of that he had at the beginning before it was taken away by all these people. I know. And honestly, like if there's anything to be learned from this movie, like the legacy of deadly friend, it's so funny. We're like really having this movie. (laughs) I know this silly fucking movie, but I I I loved it. Yeah. I think that there's something really important of like, in a way it's a bit tragic of like Wes Craven trying to alienate him, like moving himself away from like, not just the horror genre, but like, small budget movies independent movies yeah that don't get me and, and th- you know deadly friend was a big studio movie there was a lot on the line and he was like oh i can finally spread my wings and try something new in a bigger system and be recognized for the director that, mm-hmm. he, that he is to then fall into the trap of of like leg- of the legacy it's it's sort of like going to see like being a, a recording artist who has a one hit who's a one hit wonder and then making an album that's like this is good i want to make an album and then everyone at the concert saying like play that one song that you were famous yeah for. play crush yeah. jennifer page you know what i mean like, yeah yeah that's yeah that's gotta suck it's gotta suck yeah you know? or and and like the feeling of right kind of what you were saying where he's like i want to do this other thing and everyone's saying no you can't do the thing everyone knows you for and the only reason that you can't is because they're telling you you can't Exactly. And so, like, they're keeping you from doing it. So it it just, I don't know, yeah, I, I I do feel for him about this. And because really of that, like, now everything seems to be connecting with me because, like, he then made to he made um New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which mm-hmm. is a very polarizing movie in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I personally love it. It is my second favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, apart from Dream Warriors. That's um, mm-hmm. and it was like this meta take on. Hollywood and the horror genre, mm-hmm. which to me is like, oh, this is probably like Wes Craven's experience with Hollywood. And then yeah. because of New Nightmare, it birthed Scream. And then like yeah. I mean, Scream was literally a cultural moment. It was like yeah. literally a huge, 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 huge moment. His biggest, I think his biggest hit ever was Scream. Yeah. And I and I'm gonna say if it wasn't for the terrible experience he had with Deadly Friend, there might be a possibility where we never got Scream to begin with. Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. So you know, thanks Deadly Friend for paving the way of uh, Wes Craven's legacy. <laughs> thanks BB. Thanks BB. <laughs> <laughs> Which stands for I don't know. Y'all need to tell us. Tag yeah, us. Let us know. World's biggest mystery right now. Yeah. Which are initials? BB are initials. It's not like B E B E. No, it's B. B, but no dots, no period. No period. Is it's just all caps. The two letters BB. BB? In the world? In the, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. For every name, there's a person. <laughs> oh, God, that's so sad. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, that was 
Deadly Friend. Seriously, check it out, you guys. It's so good. You can rent it like on any streaming. Um, thank you so much, Oscar Montoya, for joining me. Yeah, what so a freaking pleasure. Um, I can't do you believe we talked about anime, Disney, everything, and this? It's just a treat. It's always a treat. what a treat. Such a treat. Where can people find you? And do you have anything you'd like to plug? You can follow me on social media at Ozymo, O-Z-Z-Y-M-O, to see what I'm up to, any shows that I'm doing. So yeah, check me out there. Yay. Thank you so much, uh, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you. We got some special stuff on patreon.com slash teencreeps for you. Uh, Lindsay is joining me for minis and outside genre episodes. So um, that is a really, uh, it's it's a fun way to still get your fix of K-Tai. Uh, and... Um, we have a lot of really silly, fun stuff that's coming out uh, on Patreon. Uh, and a very special thank you to our Patreon producers who give it the $15 a month level. Thank you, Adam Howlitz, Amanda K, Amy T, Ann Dwyer, Caitlin L, Carrie H, Charlie B, Courtney McPhail, Danielle Lamana, Danny B, Drew Oranis, Ellie Lagos, Emma, Emma M, Aaron B, Gabriela Santiago, Gwendolyn Ludovic, Hannah L, Jason H., Jeremy Kronk, Jeremy Goodfellow and Marco Pavlicich, Jesse T., Jessica Smith-Harper, Jessica Yu, Jonathan Venable, Kat Miller, Katie Olsner, Keith Anderson, Kelly Burns, Carrie N., Coy, Landry Desmond, Larry Nguyen, Laura Hooper, Megan Lozier, Melody, Micah Eunice, Miguel Camacho, Miranda Hester, Molly G., Molly Marks, Noah Spargo, Rachel C., Rashad Black, Randy Klett, Rebecca Goss, Robert F., Rogue Kalahua, Sasha Gibson, Shannon P., Sylvie T., Victoria Beck, and Whitney E. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and again, thank you to Oscar Montoya. You are the king of our horror you. hearts. I love, I love you. you. And, oh, let me see what we're doing next. Oh, you know what? I, we are going to be covering, oh, wait, next week, because I have my very interesting schedule here. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the next thing that we are going to cover is, ooh, it's a low dunk with Patrick Ellers, um, oh. The Twisted Window by Lois Duncan. Um, so make sure you uh, stick around for that. Um, check everything out that uh, Oz does, a uh, treasure to our planet. And um, until next time, keep it creepy. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.